Hey, welcome everybody who's joining us on our online campus. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We're continuing our series. This is week number three uh, in our series that we're calling Summer Mixtape. And so I, I thought today, since it is Father's Day, kind of hit on that Father's Day theme. Dads, you're awesome. You, you know, just shout out to you all. And uh, I, I want to talk about Daddy's DNA, uh, looking at our relationship uh, with our Heavenly Father and, and just uh, how that kind of is, is fleshed out on a regular basis, day in and day out uh, in, our, in our life. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I was born at a very young age. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's just interesting, the family that you're born into, the reality is as much as we want to ignore it, uh, every one of us is... The result of our moms and our dads, you know, half and half, and that makes us uh, who we are. We don't really have a, a choice in the matter. Uh, but, you know, even last year during the shutdown, one of the things I jumped into quite a bit was uh, my ancestry, family tree. You find out some pretty interesting stuff. In, in fact, one of the things I found out was a description of Williamson Males that was written up, and this is going back four generations from me, and, and it said this was how they described, and let me get this right, looking in my notes where they wrote it down, Williamson Males, average height, barrel chest, and broad shoulders. That's, that's me right there. That, that just nailed it four generations ago. They're describing my great-grandfather and, uh, and just kind of like the characteristics, physical characteristics. And what they say is average height, that's me, 5'8 and 3 quarters. Give me 5'9, please. Thank you. And then uh, barrel chest and broad shoulders. And, and so I didn't choose the way I look or anything like that, that's just what came down in the DNA. In fact, most people when growing up would always say that I look like my father, uh, but my other siblings actually look more like my mom. And in fact, we were all together just a few weeks ago at my daughter Michaela's wedding. And uh, let's go ahead and put that picture up. This is me with my siblings. First of all, I have no hair and they do. Uh, but, but this is my older brother, Russ. He's six years older than me. This is my uh, second brother, uh, Scott. He's four years older than me and then my sister who's two years younger than me and that's Becky and and everyone this is why my three siblings always said Greg you're adopted because you don't look like any of us and, and I kind of believe that for a little while uh, but uh, we actually do have all four of us the same mothers same fathers uh, my brother Scott here I'm kind of kneeling down here I'm not really he's not really that much taller I'm kneeling down so you can see him there or, or squatting down uh, he, he is oh, 6'2 though uh, my brother Russ is 5'11 and then here am I, 5'8 and 3 quarters. The height is more on the other side uh, of the family there. And, and then here's a picture I want to share with you since it's Father's Day. Here's a picture of me and my dad. Uh, this is when I was in college. My dad, why I chose this one, uh, he's almost exactly the age I am right now in this picture. He's like two years younger than I am right now. And, uh, and that's when I had hair, too, and this is just really getting me emotional right now. But uh, that, that's a picture of my dad and I. So I think there is a resemblance, and he was really working that comb over 
It was beautiful. It was beautiful back in the 1980s there. And then the next photo, uh, this is more recent. Uh, again, at the wedding, there's my dad right there. He's 83 years old, very, very spry. So cool to see him out on the dance floor uh, with, with each one of his granddaughters. Just really, really cool to see. Uh, he, he has about five of those. Uh, and again, uh, my brother Scott, my brother Russ, and, and there I am. And, uh, and then my dad. So, you know, like it or not, DNA is what it is. We don't have any choice about the matter, you know, or anything like that. We are who our parents created us to be, you know, with God's help. But the reality is there's so much, not only that we don't have a choice about, but so much that we do. And, and the trajectory of our lives is really determined by, a lot of times, our fathers and what we observe with our fathers. Just an example from my own life, uh, I love football today, Always have, because my dad loved football. He was a great football player uh, in high school before a real serious injury that he had uh, in the state of Georgia. And, and I love, he's a big o Oakland Raiders fan or Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know where they are. Maybe they're the Detroit Raiders. They jump all over the place. But he's a Raiders fan for life. Don't have that in common. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, and, and also his love for Jesus. I, I love Jesus today because my dad loved Jesus. And I just watched him, and there's so much that it kind of becomes uh, intuitive. As much as like a teenager says, I'm never going to be like you, Dad. <laughs> I'm never going to be like you, Mom. Guess what? You do end up becoming so much like your parents. And so much of it is observed, and it becomes instinctive because we observed it. I'm a pastor today because of my dad. I, I do not believe if my dad was not a pastor just that made such an impact on my life and as a result of that, God spoke to me and called me to be a pastor as well. I, I'm not sure that would have happened uh, if my dad was not a, a pastor. And uh, I love athletics. And my dad was very athletic. He played college basketball and uh, not my game at all, uh, basketball, but he was really good uh, back in the day. And so there's so much about our DNA that we get from dad, from mom, that makes us who we are. But the good news is maybe you don't have a great role model in your father or you didn't. Uh, maybe your family was really fractured. But the reality is because of Jesus Christ, we have a second birth. We, we have a greater DNA. And that's what I really want to focus in on during our time together because we're not doomed if, if you didn't have a good example as a father, or as a mother, you're not doomed to fall into the same patterns that they fell into. And that's why we need Jesus so much. We, we can actually, we have a new spiritual DNA that changes and transforms our life. And, and we're really born again. And, and not at an early age, we're born again when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and so my notes are on our Valley Christian Church website, valleyny.cc. You can follow along and add your own notes and email them back to yourself. But look at what John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13 says. It says, Yet to all who did receive, who all, to all that received Jesus Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Common misconception, you hear people say this all the time, we're all God's children, like all of humanity. That is not the teachings of Scripture. We are not all God's children. We're children of the darkness until we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. And the Bible makes it really clear. To those who receive Jesus only, to those who believe in his name, make that decision, surrender their life to him. 
He gave the right to become children of God. And as children, it's not a natural birth, it's being born again by the Spirit. Because the Bible makes this real clear in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, the wages of sin is death. See, there's nothing that you and I can do for God to forgive us, to, to, to earn salvation, because we're dead in sin. A dead man can't do anything. And, and our sin has caused us to be spiritually completely bankrupt, completely dead. And so that's why God had to send Jesus to live a sinless life and die a sacrificial death and to rise from the dead three days later to pay the price for my personal sins and yours. It's a gift from God because the, the, the reality is we're spiritually, we're completely dead and there's nothing that you and I, we couldn't do enough good works if we lived a thousand years to earn salvation because we're still spiritually dead. We're dead in our sins. But that's not the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. But that is the gospel. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus did for me. And then we become spiritually alive. We're born again when we receive the gift that we don't deserve because we're dead in our sin. And the reality is, after that, that for you and for me, you have a second family tree and a greater heritage to receive. You and I, it doesn't matter how good, you, you might have been born the Queen of England, which, by the way, if you're watching, shout out to you, Queenie. Uh, but, but you may have been born royalty, but the reality is you still even have a greater heritage to receive through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what the circumstance. If you were born with a silver spoon or if you didn't even have a spoon until you're 10 years old, you still have a second family tree because of Jesus Christ. And that's a greater heritage to receive. And the reality is God wants you and I to grow up and to look like our daddy. To look like our daddy. So let's talk about growing up like daddy. What, what does our heavenly father look like? Well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. The very fact that, that we have salvation, that we are forgiven, it shows how much he loves you, how lavish his love is for you, how lavish his love is for me. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The, the reason why people that, that have not received Christ don't understand why we do what we do, why we think the way we think, why we make the priorities and why we have the values in our life that we do is they don't know him and they don't know us. They just don't get us because we have a different DNA, a spiritual DNA, a greater inheritance, a different family tree than necessarily the one we were naturally born into. God's love is described as, as lavish. It is not paper thin. It is not dirt cheap. His, his love is not flimsy. It, it's not even silver plated. It's solid gold. That's what God's love is for you. That's how strong his love is for me as well. And, and there's enough of his love for every moment, for every person, for all their life. For all the highs, for all the lows in life, for every circumstance that you and I will ever face. That's the lavish love of our Heavenly Father. And He wants us to grow up into that love, understand that love, and allow that love to impact our lives 
and to flow through our lives and impact those around us. I, I love Eugene Peterson's translation of the Bible called The Message, uh, really a paraphrase, but look at what it says, Psalm 36, verse five through seven. This is so poetic and beautiful. God's love is meteoric. His loyalty is astronomic. His purpose is titanic. His verdicts are oceanic. Yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse slips through the cracks. How exquisite your love, O God. That's who your father is. That's who your heavenly father is. And, and maybe you had a great dad growing up. I did. But, but, but still, you know, no father's perfect. I, I'm not a perfect father to my children, but God, our heavenly father, is perfect. Maybe you had an awful example as a father, but this is who your heavenly father is, or this is who your heavenly father could be or should be if you receive Jesus Christ as your savior and surrender your life to him. The Bible goes on and says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, have received Jesus Christ as their Savior, surrender their life to Him. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And that's why I made the statement, you have a second family tree and a greater heritage to receive if you are in Christ, if He's your Savior and Lord, and you're living your life following after Him. So here's a question. Who's your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Who's your daddy and what, maybe I should say that in my Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who's your daddy and what does he do? Who's your daddy and what, 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 does, what, what does God want to do in your life? What does God want to do in my life? Well, I think really there's a number of things that he wants to do, but I think we have to understand how he does it first before we look at what he wants to do on a daily basis. How does he do it? Romans chapter 8, verse 15 through 16 tells us. So you've not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. That's not what God wants us to be fearful of him. Instead, you've received God's spirit. See that capital S? That means the Holy Spirit. You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. That means like Daddy God. Daddy, who's your daddy? And what does he do? For his spirit joins with our spirit, his spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. In that moment that we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, we make that decision for ourselves. No one can do it for you. I, I can want you to do it. I can encourage you. I can inspire you and challenge you to do it. You got to do it yourself. Nobody, your mother can't do it. Your father can't do it. Nobody can do it. Your spouse can't do it. You can't do it for your kids. But the moment that we do that, our spirit comes alive and is joined to his spirit, his Holy Spirit inside of us. And it doesn't make us gods. However, watch this now. It does make us more godly. When, when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in our life, we begin to look more like our heavenly father and his character and a whole lot less than our earthly father's even though they might have been great, or our earthly mothers, that, that there's a greater inheritance that we receive and, and a greater, a second family tree. So who, who's your daddy and what does he do? I think there's five things that, ways that God relates to you and I that, that we need to recognize and just allow him to do what he wants to do in our lives. The first thing is this, he loves and he understands us. He, he 
could I put it this way? God gets you. <laughs> he gets you. He gets me. He, he gets you better than you get yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself. He, he knows things about me that I don't even understand about myself. But he knows me. He sees it all. My, my shortcomings and my strengths. My, my sin and, and my righteousness. And he loves me unconditionally. And he loves you unconditionally. He loves us and he understands us. Psalm 103 tells us that the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. He's tender and compassionate. That, that's what our heavenly father is. That's what he wants to be to you. That's what he wants to be to me. Maybe you wouldn't describe your earthly father as tender and compassionate. Well, guess what? You've got a heavenly father that's greater. You've got a greater inheritance. You've got a second family tree because of Jesus Christ. Your daddy's DNA spiritually now is in you. And you can be tender. You can be compassionate as well to those that you realize everyone is weak around us. He loves and he understands us. Second thing is this. He, he gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit kind of already touched on this. He gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit. Jesus one time was talking about this in the gospel, in Luke's gospel, the 11th chapter, and put it this way. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All you gotta do is ask. To, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus made it clear, you have to ask. That, that in the moment that we surrender our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. But, but then we have to also ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. John chapter 20, after the resurrection, Jesus breathed on the, on the disciples said, receive the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. Then he said, don't go anywhere yet. And after he returned to our Heavenly Father, he said, I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the difference between drinking a glass of water and jumping in the ocean. It's the difference between drinking a glass of water, the water's in you. That, that's the Holy Spirit comes inside of you at the moment of salvation. And being filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's like jumping in the ocean of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, God's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is ask every single time. And he's saying there, if you then are evil, he's like, you're so far beneath sinful between a perfect heavenly father, but you still know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more so anyone asks for the Holy Spirit? God, just fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. He'll do it. Just like every single time. Doesn't mean it's going to make you weird. That doesn't mean it's going to, you know, make you shout or run or, or anything like that. It means it's going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit released in your life to fulfill every good plan and purpose God created you for. And so he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's the third thing. He leads us by the Holy Spirit. He leads us then by that Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Notice that capital S, the Spirit, Holy Spirit. It's one of the ways he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He, he wants to 
help us navigate every difficult situation, every decision that you and I face. That's the Holy Spirit on the inside. Doesn't make us into God, but causes our character to become more godly. Transforms us into the image, the the likeness of our Heavenly Father that we're talking about so that we can follow His DNA. Not necessarily our earthly parents that were doomed to follow in their footsteps. So he leads us by the Holy Spirit. Here's the fourth thing. He disciplines us. He corrects us. A good father will do that. Our Heavenly Father does that as well. This is one of those verses, you know, you don't necessarily find, you know, people, I want to memorize that because it speaks to me. This is my life verse. But look at this, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 through 6. It says, and have you forgotten the encouraging word that God spoke to you as his children? Like, what's coming next is going to be a reminder. This is encouraging. You ready for it? Because it's not going to sound encouraging, but this is really going to be encouraging. Have you forgotten the encouraging word that God spoke to you? He said, my children, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when the Lord corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That is not my life verse, but it's an important part of being a father. And our Heavenly Father disciplines us as well. When we're going wrong, when we're going off track, when we're straying, when, when we're drifting, he, he'll bring us back on track. He'll allow circumstances and situations to get our attention to bring us back on track. It goes on in Hebrews and says this, if you don't experience the discipline, the conviction, the correction of God in your life, you're not one of his children. You're illegitimate. You don't belong to him. So we want to welcome that. You know, uh, my, uh, my, my father did not spare the rod. Let me just put it that way. Growing up, he, he disciplined all of us in a very godly way and I'm thankful for it today because it, it hurt at the time, didn't feel good at all but, but I know my dad loved me and my dad used to say it this way, he said, I'd rather lovingly as a father discipline you, chastise you when I have to rather than someone out in the street giving you a beat down because you don't know how to control yourself. Thanks daddy. Thanks for loving me that way. God loves us this way too. Makes it really clear. For the Lord disciplines those that he loves and he punishes each one that he accepts as a child. And this is supposed to be encouraging for us. He disciplines us. Here's the fifth thing. He gives us an example to follow. God gave you and me an example to follow. And that's what a father is supposed to do. Be a living, breathing example. Look at what it says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly love children. He gives us an example. We can follow the example, and Jesus is the example. And all throughout Scripture, it shows an example of how God loves us so well. So, by the way, just circling back around here, dads, if you want to be a great dad, be a father like God, our Heavenly Father. Love and understand your kids. Give gifts to your kids. Be generous with your kids, just like God is generous with us. Lead. Give your children guidance and direction. Lead them, even though they don't want it. As long as you're responsible for them, they're in your home, give them guidance and direction. Give them advice. Fourth thing, discipline them, because it shows that you love them, because you'd, you'd rather lovingly discipline in the right way your child than someone else giving them a beat down because they're done wrong. Number five, 
be an example for them to follow. That there is so much in our DNA that we're kind of like, you know, we don't want to grow up, you know, so many teenagers, I'll never be like you, Dad. I'll never be like you, Mom. And then just let a little more living go on and you realize you say things you said you'd never say that your parents said. You act ways you thought you'd never act that your parents did. You, you know, we need to be an example. There's so much as an example that we set for our kids that they just naturally follow into and fall into those same exact patterns. And so those five things I just shared with you about God and what he does, what he wants to do in our lives every day, dads out there, be that kind of father. Because you've got the Holy Spirit working inside you that is the spirit of our heavenly father. That is your spiritual DNA now, and he will empower you and help you to be that kind of dad. And there's one other thing I think that's so important as we're talking about daddy's DNA, our heavenly father's DNA, is that if he's our heavenly father, then he's placed us in a family, a spiritual family that's his, that's mine, and our family, the different family. And the Bible is real clear about this. And think about it, in our society, we see so many families that are fractured, and this is huge what the Bible says. It's so important, this understanding that the scripture puts forth about the family of God and the importance and the priority and the value we place on the family of God. In Psalm 27, verse 10, the Bible says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. I, I, I love that verse, boy. You know, again, maybe you came from a crazy, dysfunctional family. Maybe you don't even know who your parents are. I, know, I, know, I have friends that have no idea who their biological parents are. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. God wants to be your heavenly father. And he's a perfect father. And he's a wonderful father. And he adopts us into his family. He chooses us. He says, I want you in my family. And receives us into the family of God. And that's why it's supposed to change our relationship with others in the family of God. Paul was writing to a young pastor named Timothy in the New Testament who he put in charge over the church of Ephesus and he was telling them how to relate to and how everyone in the family of God, the church of God, should relate to one another. And look at what he said in 1 Timothy chapter 5. This is the Holy Spirit inspiring his words. He says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father in the family of God. Older man, speak to him as if he's your father. Treat younger men as brothers. So, so it's not flippantly, it's, it's biblical. When, when, I, when I see a man, I'm like, hey, brother, how are you? He's my brother. Because we have the same spiritual DNA, which is a greater DNA, a second family tree. Even though we don't have the same physical DNA, that's my brother. Older women, treat them as if they were your mother. Younger women, as if it was your sister with absolute purity. In the family of God, those, when, when we are in God's family, in the church, in those relationships with other Christians, we're supposed to treat older men like they were our father, older women as if they were our mother, 
younger women are the same age as sisters and the same age or younger as brothers, males, men. That's how the family of God is supposed to relate to one another. That there's supposed to be this, understand that there's this, can I put it this way? Family resemblance because we have the same spiritual father and all of us have the same spiritual older brother named Jesus. And, and we're carrying daddy's DNA in our spirit. The DNA of God himself. Very interesting story happened in the life of Jesus. Uh, at one point he was in a home in the Gospels and he's teaching and the disciples come up to him and in Matthew chapter 12 verse 47 look at, look at how Jesus defines his spiritual family. Matthew 12 47 through 50 someone told him your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you and he replied to him Who's my mother? Now this is Mary. This is Mary and James and Jude and his siblings, his half-siblings, because they all came from Mary and Joseph and he came from God and Mary. And uh, he said, who's my mother? He's talking about Mary. Who's my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister, and my mother. Did, did you hear what Jesus said? He said, spiritual DNA takes priority over natural DNA. Siblings and even parents by blood are not as significant as spiritual DNA and spiritual family. He said, those that do the will of my father, that's my family. It's powerful. The family of God should have the first priority in our family priorities. The family of God over other. That's what Jesus was saying here. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. It's crazy. But it's incredibly clear what he's talking about. It's not by blood. It's by the Spirit. That the family is greater by the Spirit than even by blood. You know, it was kind of interesting, uh, at our daughter's wedding, I found out about this later on, but uh, one of my friends overheard this and shared it with me. At my daughter Michaela's wedding, at one point, Susie and I were not at our table with, with our closest friends, really. We were off doing something, and, uh, you know, somewhere else, maybe I was dancing or talking to somebody, and, uh, and my brother Scott came over and sat down at the table. And there were three other couples at the table. And, and he just said, hi, I'm Scott. I'm Greg's brother by four years, not the oldest, second oldest. And he just went around and said, what's your name? What's your name? And, and then he said this to him, and, and one of my friends told me this that was at the table. And then he said, I just want to thank you for the commitment and the roles that you play in my brother's life and in Susie's life and the commitment that you have to them and to the church. It means more than you know. My brother Scott's a Christian. He, he loves Jesus. His wife Debbie loves Jesus too. All, all my, my other brother, my siblings, they all do. The kids do. 
But the Bible says, better a friend nearby than a brother far away. And my brother Scott gets it. He lives in Georgia. He can't be here. And the folks that we're sharing our lives with on a daily basis that we've journeyed 20 plus, 25, almost 30 years with, they were sitting at that table right there. That's why Susie and I had him sitting at our table. And he understood this. That, that even though we're natural brothers, have the same mother and father, there's something even greater. And that's spiritual brothers and sisters. Spiritual fathers. Spiritual mothers. That's what Jesus was talking about. See, if, if God is your heavenly father, then he's placed you in a family. Even if you're fatherless, you have a heavenly father and he's placed you in the family. That's why we like to say the valley family. It's a spiritual family where God places people. Every local church is a spiritual family. And that's why we live out our lives together and we share our lives with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, spiritual brothers, spiritual sisters. And we become more like our heavenly father as the Holy Spirit works in our lives and in our relationships with one another. And we bear daddy's DNA. So let me close right now with this. Kind of like my Father's Day prayer for, for every single person watching. And, and, and let me just say this. If, if, if you've been on our online campus for a long time now, now that all the restrictions have dropped, our governor's dropped all COVID restrictions, I just want to invite you to come back and be with the family of God. Be with the family of God. Because Jesus said, who's the family? <laughs> Those who do the will of my Father in heaven. That's who my brother, my sister, my mother really are. It's a great time to come back and rejoin, not, not over the internet, but rejoin the family of God. Because you've got brothers here, you've got sisters here, you've got mothers here, you've got fathers here, spiritually speaking, that love you and care about your soul and want what's best for you as we encourage one another, as we bear one another's burdens, as we forgive one another, and as we love one another in God's family, just as the scripture encourages us to do. I mean, this is fantastic news when you think about it on this Father's Day because it means that the domino effect of our human DNA, those particular characteristics that constitute our sinful nature, our selfish ways, that they can be broken by the power of life and death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of our Heavenly Father. The old has passed away, the new has come. We're His sons, we are daughters of God. Everything has changed. And God wants to change everything in your life for the good if you've not yet received his son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior. And if you, if you have, I just pray that this scripture that we looked, and I just poured in, in here tons of scripture today because I wanted to be clear who our Heavenly Father is. Daddy's DNA 
spiritually speaking, runs through our veins if we've received Jesus Christ, his son, as our Savior and Lord. I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much that we can call you Father. Lord, we're reminded Jesus was the first one that ever referred to you as Father. And he came to reveal to us the Father, he told us. And when we see him, we see you because you and he are the same. God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to show us who you are, to live a sinless life and to lay that life down as a sacrifice and to rise from the dead so that we could be born again, come spiritually alive and have a relationship with you that you have given us a greater heritage than we ever could have in this life. And you've given us a second family tree. Lord, may we just, may we prioritize it, Lord. May we value your family and our role to play in your family with our brothers and sisters in Christ as we share our lives with one another. And right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never taken that step of faith to just surrender your life to Jesus and receive him as your Savior and Lord, that's when God becomes your heavenly Father and you become a part of the family of God. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can repeat after me right where you are and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Trust your life in his hands and receive him as your Savior and Lord. Just pray with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior and Lord. Direct me by your Holy Spirit. Guide me by your Spirit. And I will follow you. Thank you for receiving me into your family. And I will prioritize your family from this day forward. Amen.